Adam from Double A Cinema Cast here. Um, so what this episode is, episode 39, is entitled Prove Your Movie. Um, initially, this was going to be a kind of change of pace for us. We were going to change Double A Cinema Cast entirely. Um, but after some brief discussion, we have decided that uh, we're going to keep Double A Cinema Cast going, but on a bi-weekly basis. And the weeks that we don't do Double A Cinema Cast, we will be doing uh, Prove Your Movie with a guest of ours. Um, so go subscribe to Prove Your Movie. The anchor, um, again, to host Prove Your Movie. Um, but this episode is going to be posted on that new account. Um, so we're going to still have Double A Cinema Cast in its original form and Prove Your Movie um, in its own separate account. Um, the only differences with our social media is we now are going to be under Double A Productions. Um, so we are at Double A Productions on Instagram and DBLA Productions on Twitter. Um, so go give us a listen, um, follow us there, and enjoy this episode uh, of Prove Your Movie. Hello! Movies are personal. They mean different things to different people. That's why we want your reasons, your facts, your emotions. Doesn't matter if your movie won all the awards, or none of the awards. We want your points. Welcome to Prove Your Movie. Prove Your Movie. Whoa! We are no longer Double A Cinema Cast. We are Prove Your Movie. That's right. We've got a new format. I almost said move format. Because we're switching things up. Yeah. I, I, ironically, the last episode we published under Double A Cinema Cast uh, it was our Spider-Man episode, where we had Morgan Miller on, who joked that he would not come back onto the podcast until we changed the name again. And we just changed the name again. <laughs> yep. But not only did we change the name, this is a totally different format. Exactly. We're doing, we decided we wanted to make this more, a little bit more dynamic, a little bit simpler. And mm -hmm. we thought we both, we both really like it when people are passionate about movies. Yeah. So we thought, why not do a show where people talked about their favorite movies? Exactly. And that is Prove Your Movie. Um, yeah. So right now, Adam and I are going to create a list of our top five movies together from what we've seen in the podcast together already. And then we're each episode, we're going to have a new guest on to argue why one of their favorite movies should make our top five list. Exactly. So it's a bit of a competition. It's a bit of exploration. Um, and honestly, for Anthony and I, this is just an opportunity for our friends to come on and just share why they're passionate about their favorite movie. Um, I'm very excited about this. I'm, I'm just so happy that we're doing this. Um, but first, we have to make that list. And uh, again, as Anthony said, we're going to be relying solely on the films we've watched from the catalog of our podcast prior. Um, so, Anthony, would you like to list off the contenders for the list? Okay, so you want to do my top five and your top five individual? Sounds good. Let's Individually? All right, cool. So, in my list, I have 
The Graduate, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Toy Story 3, Interstellar, and The Polar Express. And in my list, I have Jurassic Park, Alien, also The Grand Budapest Hotel, also The Graduate, and I think you might have misspoke there at the end. Um, I had the Polar Express as my number five. Yeah, I changed my mind. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. Oh! Because I forgot initially, that we had watched that. <laughs> initially, before we recorded this, his five was Groundhog Day. Um, so we have three that we agree on and two that we don't. Yeah, so I feel like those three that we agree on automatically make the list. Now, I wish it was as simple as that. But what order do they go in? Ooh. I, I honestly, since I don't think it honestly matters. Because yeah. if, we, if, we, if we do an order that way, then mm-hmm. I think the number one and two spot will, will likely never change. So I think, Good point. I don't think there has to be an order. Okay. So as you might have noticed, we're kind of we're we're kind of a free form here um, on this episode. The rest of our episodes will be a lot more structured. Um, yeah. As you've already heard, we have a new intro, which will stay consistent um, across the board. Um, but uh, but yeah. So okay, cool. I like so that idea, but I like the idea of going into each episode. Any new mo- any movie that our guest brings up has the potential to take out any other movie from the list. I like that. So, in no particular order, right now we have The Graduate, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and The Polar Express. So now, we just have to decide whether Interstellar, Toy Story 3, versus Jurassic Park, and Alien. So this is kind of what we'll be doing for the podcast, uh, for Prove Your Movie. Um, so, Anthony, would you like to have your opening remarks for your films? <laughs> oh, the pressure is on. <laughs> so we're literally we're gonna have the, our guests doing this every episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. For I'll argue for <laughs> Interstellar first. Okay. I think that Interstellar deserves a spot on the list because mm-hmm. that movie, it is. It, it's about this complex science, and it takes place in a semi-dystopian future that is scarily on the could be a very much on the horizon for us. Yeah, and it's very much science fiction. Like we get we get to explore things like going into a black hole and seeing how time works differently mm-hmm. in, in different galaxies with different planets, different gravitational pulls. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's a story about the power of love. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. I like that. Okay. Good points. Very good points. Um, Now, I'm going to counter Interstellar. With my argument for Jurassic Park. Okay. Because I feel like these movies are very um, similar in that they rely on 
loose. I will say Interstellar is more realistic than Jurassic Park. I'll give you that. But I think that Jurassic Park is a much better film because it has, to paraphrase Shrek, it's got a lot of layers here. <laughs> um, you have the the story of Dr. Grant, who yeah. starts off the movie hating children, doesn't not want a family, and ends the film having protected Dr. Hammond's grandchildren and almost becomes like a father figure to them throughout the events of Jurassic Park. And I feel like it's kind of like, all right, he has this whole little character arc, you know, of loving kids by the end, taking care of them, being very protective. And on top of that, it's a, a, just a classic action film, classic Hollywood blockbuster, you know, dinosaurs, eating people, causing havoc, you know, all that. And on a deeper level, I've always thought of Jurassic Park as kind of the, in a way, Spielberg's, like, warning of the hubris of man, of, you know, how far should we take science? Like, yeah, we can bring back dinosaurs. We have that ability. But should we? Ah, that's like Jeff Goldblum's line in the movie. Exactly. (laughs) You know, life finds a way. Yeah. Um, No, I was thinking of (laughs) God creates dinosaur. God kills dinosaur. God creates man. Man kills God. Exactly. You know, it's like, it's almost kind of this warning of, you know, that kind of classic phrase of, you know, we didn't, you were too busy concerned thinking if you could do it, we should have been asking whether we should be doing it, you know. Yeah, and so I think on top of that, it's it's a fun action film that has a really deep, you know, broad philosophical debate that can go on about it, and it's it's got Jeff Goldblum shirtless for a good chunk of the film, and uh, just there's yeah I don't know just it's a great action film, it's fun, it's very rewatchable. Um, and the CG has aged pretty well. I'll give you that. Some of the dinosaurs, like that Triceratops that is hurt, mm-hmm. that was CG, though. That was animatronic, I believe, or puppet. That's right. The, that was animatronic. The T-Rex was a mix of animatronic and CG. You know, so, I mean, a lot. And just, it's classic filmmaking at its finest. Yeah. In my opinion. What what personal memories or feelings do you have towards the movie? Like, why does this movie mean so much to you? Well, I'm going to get back to you with Interstellar here in a moment for the same question. But for me, Jurassic Park, when I watched it when I was younger, I was terrified by it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the T-Rex eating the lawyer, a little traumatizing for, you know, little little kid. But I think that when I was able to sit down and enjoy it many, many years later, having never watched it prior, yeah. from that first viewing, it's like, oh, I, I like this. I can get behind this. And it's almost kind of like that overcoming a fear type thing of like climbing the mountain. Like, I did it. This is, and I loved it. You know, you have this memory of like, I did not like Jurassic Park prior. I don't know if I'm going to like it again. 
but then rewatching it and sitting down and paying it like seriously watching it, I fell in love with it almost immediately. So that's why I think Jurassic Park should be on the list. Okay. Now, now what personal connection do you have with Interstellar? I just, I love the theme of this movie. It resonates me with me really well. I'd say the mm-hmm. theme is about love and it drives Matthew McConaughey's character, mm-hmm. pretty much all of his motivations. So his, his motivation for standing up for his daughter when the school is well, wanting to condemn her for bringing up these like true science things. For him going out onto this mission, he wants to create, he wants to help save the world for his family, mm-hmm. for, for humankind, for future generations. And then it, but it's wrapped in the science fiction plot, but still everything he does it's tr- pretty much every decision he makes is driven by that. And he, he makes mention of it during the mission a couple times. And then, but you, but he doesn't, and there's one point where they talk about how love isn't quantifiable. So it maybe shouldn't really be considered. But then you find out that really love is quantifiable. And like I said, it's wrapped in all these really interesting concepts of like, how does space travel work? How does traveling to a different galaxy work? How would, how, what would it be like if, it, if beings existed in the fifth dimension? How could you interact with things in the fifth dimension? And even what would it be like if you came back to a world where gravity worked differently or you were actually, when you left, you, your daughter was like 10 years old and you came back and you're actually younger than your daughter, your child. But um, he, if he finds out he really, at the end of the day, believes in that. And that's why at the end, he ends up leaving and going after Anne Hathaway's character. So it's just these themes are things that hit you on a deep level. And it's something where after the movie, for I, and I've only seen this movie twice, but I find myself thinking about it a lot. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I think that we have a case where we have a sci-fi classic in Jurassic Park. Yeah. And what will become a sci-fi classic in Interstellar. Interstellar came out in 2014. Right. So it's, you know, five years out. Yeah. It's aged pretty well. And right. I think that it's still very relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with climate change becoming a bigger, bigger issue. Um, and all that. Um, but I think that for me at least, Jurassic Park has shown that it will stand the test of time. And the plot, you can take the plot of Jurassic Park and plop it anywhere in time. And I think it works. Yeah. It's just, you know, the hubris of man, the um, the warning against messing with science, Messing with things that we can't control. 
you, I mean, Jurassic Park is, I mean, ironically, Michael Crichton, who wrote the book, also wrote the script for the movie, which eventually became the HBO series Westworld, which is basically the same thing, sub out dinosaurs for artificial intelligence and cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's basically the plot of Jurassic Park. The season, first season of Westworld is Jurassic Park, but with robot cowboys. And it works just as well. But I will give you that for me, the reason I like Jurassic Park is not, in my opinion, pardon me, as strong as the reasons you like Interstellar. Okay. I will say, so I, with the legacy piece, I think that's, I, I don't love that argument because then we'll just, will movies that are considered mm-hmm. classics always make the list? And if we're talking passion, <laughs> I get passionate about a lot of things. And I think, I think my Toy Story 3 argument, I think I might be even more partial to that movie. <laughs> so if we're just arguing by that way, I don't know if that's going to be helpful. But I think that's part of it, though. Like, we we want, for this podcast, we want to see movies through our guest size. That's true. And, yeah. So I think that we put Interstellar on the list. You'll concede? I'll that concede. Is, I was going to say, looking at, so you have Jurassic Park and Alien. I have Interstellar and Toy Story 3. If you were to choose one of my two movies, and I were to choose one of your two movies, what what would it be? I would choose Interstellar over Toy Story three. I and I would choose Jurassic Park over Alien. Well, I still want to hear your argument for Toy Story three. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, you're gonna hear it. I'm just. I was just curious <laughs> about that. Yeah. So I will add Interstellar to the list. And Jurassic Park is out. All righty. So. So. Alien versus Toy Story 3. (laughs) Would you like me to open the argument? Yeah, you first. I'm putting you on the spot, Adam. All righty. Your movie. Alien. So Alien was a movie that when we watched it, neither of us... Had you seen it before? Never. Okay, so that was one one of the episodes where we had a guest on. We had Jorge uh, Munoz on. Mm-hmm. And none of us had seen it before. Um, <laughs> and I think that the reason I liked it so much is because I got to experience that film with you two together. Um, So I enjoyed that aspect of like the communal, you know, friendship. And also it's made me want to see more horror films. I've really, really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the filmmaking. I loved the slow build. I love how it took 45 minutes before the alien, like actually showed up in the film 
And then we only saw the alien for maybe like five minutes of the whole thing. You're right. And it, I think that that film is a testament to like the slow burn in a sense of, you know, we don't need to have the movie be this, you know, to make a good horror film because I don't know about you, but that whole time we were watching, I was so tense. Um, like the one scene in particular that I just could not get out of my head was when the one one of the crew members is going through looking for the cat, and you see the, all these chains swinging, and water's coming down, and the aliens in the chains, and you don't notice it at first, and then I rewatched that scene later after we had recorded the episode, and I was like, you can see the alien plain as day. But the design and the lighting and just everything about it, I... And I'm kind of in the same way with, like, the Hunger Games, the book. Not the movies, but the the book. I read the first Hunger Games and didn't read any more. Because, in my mind, the first Hunger Games was such a good book. I didn't want to read any more. Because I'm like, I don't want it to be ruined. I don't want this experience, you know to be a letdown. So I'm like, I'm going to just live in this world where I've only read the first Hunger Games, and that's cool. And with this, I don't know if I want to see, other than Aliens, which I know is the James Cameron sequel to this film, if I want to see any of the other Alien films, because I feel like this movie was just the perfect, encapsulated horror sci-fi film, and the plot twists were great, with the one crew member being an android, and just the tension in this film was amazing. Mm-hmm. And the plot twist of having the whole mission be about getting one of the aliens and seeing what it would do to people from the actual corporation was just... Uh. So just, those are the reasons why I like Alien. <laughs> That's right, because... If- the corporation wanted to capture and weaponize the alien. Was that the idea? Yep. That's right. Yes. And that it, it specifically said, like, the crew members are expendable. Like, we don't care about them. That's right. We want the asset. That's right. That's right. I will agree with you that the slow burn works in the movie. I think mm-hmm. that at times it, it is it feels a little slow, especially in the very beginning when it's going right after the titles. Mm-hmm. When it goes through the whole ship. And it was a fun experience. All of us having never seen it before. Having no idea what was going to happen. And being mm-hmm. so tense. It led to us finding some things about the movie comedic. Like us just bursting out laughing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like when that alien at the end. When it's curled up in those pipes. Yep. I think the episode that we recorded that. Um, the title of that episode, I have all the episodes pulled up here, um, was, Is That Xenomorph Hungover? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because his arm just kind of comes out just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed that film, watching it with you and Jorge, and I feel like that, the sentimental value of that film is enough for me to put it on the list. Yeah. All so right. why... 
Toy Story. Now, I don't recall watching Toy Story 3. Are you Crap. mean to I say Toy, Toy Story, Story 4? Wow. I meant to say Toy Story 4. You're good. You're uh, good. So, I, no. I had, the, I had this moment where I was like, wait, there's a Toy Story 4? <laughs> but no, I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> so... The reason I like this movie, the reason why I love this movie the most is the company I had in seeing the movie. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> this, now, Toy Story 4 was one of the more recent films from Blockbuster Month that we did, which we just wrapped up. Um, and we saw that one together. So you this can't argue just because I was, although again, I argue that with Alien. Oh, no, I was, uh, just, I was just joking. No, I'm, I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> Okay, so Toy Story 4, first I have to start with, the animation is beautiful. Absolutely incredible, gorgeous. There's a scene in the movie where it shows a cat, and it it looks like an actual cat. Yeah. Like, if you were to just show me that image of, or that video of the cat, I would think that that was real. Yeah. So you have these incredible visuals. You have a story that if you hear about it on paper, or there's a character that on paper it shouldn't work. And when I first heard about the character and saw the character, was not into it at all. And that's Forky. This Mm -hmm. spork that comes alive and is a toy, Mm quote-unquote. But that, he's so funny, Mm -hmm. and it works for the movie. Like, you get why he's so naive. And you, the movie convinces you that, yes, he would be alive in this world. Mm-hmm. And this, I would say this movie is Woody's story. Yep. And you really feel for him as a character. It's, it's the perfect swan song for this character. Mm-hmm. Where he, he loved this child so much, who's Andy, never truly got over him. Mm-hmm. he's kind of struggling to find his purpose he's with a new child who doesn't care for him the way that andy did right and he's kind of unnecessary and he's used to being the leader being in charge mm-hmm. and he's kind of losing purpose and you can relate to him where he he makes his whole mission getting keeping forky in check because that's the most important thing for Bonnie. So for Woody, in Woody's mind, the way that he keeps himself having value is being kind of like the caretaker of Forky. Mm-hmm. And then this story where he's working so hard to, to make this new child happy. And then at the end of the movie, he's, he's about to leave kind of the love of his life, Bo Peep. And he's totally ready to do that. But then his best friend gives him kind of, kind of the okay, like you you've you've done your job. We we can take it from here. Like go go off and be yourself. And it it's just it's emotional thinking about it. And he and seeing their goodbye, which a little bit unfairly, that's been built. Their relationship's been built up in a whole three or four movies. Yeah. But but even more, Woody's going off to do his own thing to. To kind of, he Woody hasn't really been in this position before, where he didn't have a child that he was he was 
that was his ultimate goal, a single child. Now he's he's off to find his own happiness, really. Yeah. Himself for it. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, I... I did not... And you describing the film made me feel a little more sentimental about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm... I don't know. I... I think it's it's interesting that you that the movies I'm arguing or have argued are like much older films and yeah. you're arguing much more new films. Yeah. Um but I think I'm going to stick with my guns on Alien. Um stick to my guns, not with my guns. Stick to my guns with Alien. Yeah. Because the characters <laughs> You you start off with this kind of you know ragtag group of um, miners, space miners, you know, and halfway through the film, you're terrified for their survival because the the alien is so foreign, so weird looking. Mm-hmm. Um, that even as like an audience member seeing it on screen is a little like unnerving. It's got like the watering mouth, the mouth that comes outside of its own mouth, and a little mini mouth. Um, and by the end of the film, you're rooting for Ripley. You know, beca- just from what you've seen, and she's not even our main character for most of the film. We're following the captain of this crew, who gets killed halfway through the film, and then Ripley becomes our main character. And on top of that, for 1975, or 1976, when this movie came out, a female protagonist, you know, is pretty strong, and we care about her come the end of the film. And to counter your point, and while I I totally agree that the ending of Toy Story 4 is emotional. Mm-hmm. And it does have a lot of weight to it, given the past movies we've seen. Toy Story 4 by itself works so well because of Toy Stories 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. If you showed me Toy Story 4 and I had no knowledge of who Woody, Buzz, Bo Peep, you know, any of these characters were, I don't know, I would be like, Oh, okay. So the toy's doing his job. Okay, cool. Found his forever kid. You know, he's going to go help other toys. All right. But Alien by itself, you care about the characters and you put yourself personally invested in the film, just that one film. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think Alien deserves to be on the list. You make some good arguments. I agree that Toy Story. It, Alien has it's it's the first and mm-hmm. Toy Story is the last so mm. Toy Story has more has a easier job in a way because it, it relies on the audience knowing these characters already although mm. I, I do think that if you just saw Toy Story 4 it still would be a fantastic movie oh so, I, I agree with that I, I think that the the emotional impact would not be as great and I wouldn't care as much as I care about Alien 
the characters and like I, you know, I care about Ripley a lot coming into the film. Yeah. Versus if I had never seen any of the other Toy Story films and just saw Toy Story four. Yeah. So. You know what? I think you out argued me on this one. So you will concede. I will concede. Alrighty. Well, with that done, Alien goes on the list and completes our five. So, Anthony, would you like to do the honors of uh, reading off our list for us? Yes. So this is going to be moving forward. And it could change our first episode. This is our list of top five movies. So these are the movies that our guests are going to try to beat. So it's The Graduate, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Polar Express, Interstellar, and Alien. Yep. So moving forward, again, we'll be having a guest each week um, where um, we will be seeing what their best what their favorite film is we'll be watching that film either with them or before we record the podcast um and yeah it'll be a great time um so with the change to the podcast a few things have also changed on our social media we still have our instagram we still have our twitter um our twitter is now at prove your movie all one word um thankfully that username was not taken and uh we were able to just take at prove your movie um, and then on Instagram, we are at prove your movie. Um, so if you're following us, you'll still be following us. The name will change. The username will change. The profile picture will change, but it's still us. Um, and then on all the, the podcasting sites that you follow us on, that will be changing as well. Um, so again, keep giving us those high ratings on Apple podcast, um, anywhere you listen to to podcasts and uh just as with double a cinema cast um tell your best friend tell your worst friend tell your best enemy tell your best tell your worst enemy all about prove your movie um and we will be posting this um at a regular time so that's not going to change i'll be sunday night monday morning um and uh yeah so we look forward to moving uh on with prove your movie and uh yeah so anything you'd like to say before we wrap this up anthony yes there's one more thing i'd like to say okay noise <laughs>